Hello and welcome into the Nittany Gritty podcast brought to you by the good folks at New Amendment. I am your host, John Sauber, joined once again by Penn State legend, Tim Frazier. Tim, how's it going? It's all good, John. How about yourself? No, it's going. Uh, (laughs) Pre-Super Bowl week, whatever this weird week is between the NFC title game and actual Super Bowl week, is way too stressful for me not having any like uh, other investment other than my fanhood in it, right? Like I'm just like <laughs> it's I'm I'm thinking about this too much. Like I'm doing scouting reports on the Chiefs at this point. Like I'm making sure I'm prepared for my assignments next week. Uh, my wife makes fun of me because I uh, I won't wear a different jersey when they're having success. So so things started going poorly. I'm I'm superstitious, but I don't yeah. believe in them. But I don't want to be the guy that messes it up, right? Like I'm not gonna be the guy that <laughs> that messes it up just in case. Uh, it's the excuse I always make. But like I. I changed jerseys when things weren't going well against the Niners after Christian McCaffrey scored, and then they blew him out. So you're welcome, everybody, I guess. That was my doing uh, on that one <laughs> uh, that, that changed the fortunes. That but, yeah, it's, it it, a, it's a I, stressful I week, it's, man. Too stressful. I think it's going to be a great game, and I think it's going to be one of the better Super Bowl games that we've seen in a while. I think with the two teams, I think it'll be – and even just the two fan bases at that, I think it's going to be one of the uh, better games that, we're gonna, that we've seen in a long time. Well, that's my concern. Like, can, can my heart handle that? Uh, we're going to find out. <laughs> like, I don't want it to be that good. I'd like to enjoy it. And me enjoying it looks a lot different than I think you enjoying it and other people enjoying it. Uh, but, yeah, like, it's it's going to be a great game. Uh, two black quarterbacks facing off for the first time in NFL yeah. history. Uh, pretty cool to see. Um, you know, you have all of the storylines and stuff, like the Kelsey brothers facing each other and Andy Reid against his whole team and all that stuff, his old team and all that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, it is a uh, – it's nerve wracking, which is why I like the nice refrain of some basketball in between, right? Like I'm a yeah. Sixers fan too. I think I've made that known on here before. So watch that. And last night mixed in, uh, and this this is good of a transition as we're going to get Texas and it was this week because it wasn't pretty. Uh, <laughs> last night, Penn State taking on Purdue in. Uh, Man, sometimes you're going to face the top team in the country with the top player in the country, and uh, sometimes they're going to look like that. And that's what happened. Uh, Purdue won by 20 with uh, a kid who shoots 32% from three going, I think, nine of 12 from three in the game. And I got to tell you, man, you're just not going to win those. That's tough. You know, I, you you spend all week or however many days preparing, you know, for Zach Eady. Hey, we got to stop this. We got to be able to slow him down, you know, from what he's done in the first game, they, the first meeting. And then, you know, somebody from the bench that you didn't expect to really have that big of an impact on the game, take over the game where he was shooting lights out. And some of that stuff, you're just sitting there, you're just, you know, watching the game. Me, I'm just like, there's no way that's going in. And then, boom, he made it. And then he got hot. You know, credit to that kid, man. He made some shots. And you can only do nothing. But, you know, sometimes, you know, when they say when guys make tough shots, man, just give my, uh, you know, give him, a, give him a five and keep it going. But he won that game for him. You know, I think Edie did what he did. But uh, I think – the game plan was solid enough. You just you got to be able to take away the others and, and and the others for Purdue stepped up and played big. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, it, it seemed pretty clear that the game plan was to let Mason Gillis, who made those threes, by the way, uh, you set the record or tied the record for in Mackey yeah, Arena uh, for a Purdue player with nine. Uh, and like he, it seemed like the game plan was let him shoot right, double e- yeah. double off him onto Edie, prevent Edie from hurting you, and let a, a guy who's not a great shooter, uh, like a below average shooter, let him try and beat you. And man, what are you going to do? I remember this, this reminded me of when, so when I covered Indiana, uh, they had a game against Michigan state in assembly hall, right? And assembly hall is like a pretty daunting place to play already, but this is Michigan state, Tom is on everything. Um, 
Indiana won that game close on the back of Justin Smith, who later transferred to Arkansas, and I think now is on a two-way with the Sixers. But Justin Smith was shooting like 22% from three that year. And I think he went like seven of eight or six of seven from three in that game. And I remember sitting in the post-game press conference listening to Tom Izzo just be like, like five times. Like, I don't know which one to tell you. Like that kid made like six threes. We wanted him to shoot threes and he made them. He's like, I don't yeah. know what are you supposed to do at that point, right? Like when, when, a, when a guy who doesn't make shots starts making shots, like you, like you said, you kind of just have to shrug and move on. Uh, and, you know, I don't even – I saw some people like wanting an adjustment. I'm like, the adjustment is let the 7-4 guy dunk every possession, and that doesn't feel like a good adjustment to me. Uh, you know, and, and they – like the strategy was sound. They doubled. They had their two bigs, if you want to call them that, and Caleb Dorsey and Mikey Hen double. Those guys are only 6-8. Uh, it worked against Michigan really well. It was working against Edie, who's not that great of a passer, but that pass was right there, and he he didn't have to hit it that well. Uh, and Gillis was catching, and he was shooting, and he was seemingly making everything. He came out yeah. 11 points to start the second half, by the way. And that was when you knew, like, okay, this one's over. Like you said, you you, you got to give him credit. You know what I mean? I don't know what the kid ate that night or the, before the game, whatever his pregame routine, but I'm <laughs> sure, like we like you talked about with superstitions, I'm sure that he's going to do that same thing for the next game. Be like, hey, man, if I, got, if I shoot the way I shot last game, I better do the exact same routine for the next game. But at the end of the day, you know, number one team in the country on the road, you know, you knew going in it was going to be a tough, you know, a tough out for, for Penn State. And, but I will say I, I feel like the guys competed for the most part. And, you know, that's all you need. Only thing you can really ask for is you compete throughout the whole 40 minutes and continue to go and give it your all. And I feel like the guys did, even though it seemed out of reach for a long, for, you know, for pretty much most of the game. But they they, they stayed together and they competed. And, that's the only thing I want when I'm watching the game. That's what I'm looking for to see, you know, if guys are turning on each other or if even when things aren't going right, do you stick together just like you, just how you were the uh, couple of days before when Penn State was shooting lights out against Michigan. Well, and that's the thing, like the the issue for Penn State on the road so much has been like they're not making shots. Well, they shot 38 percent from three. That's good. Like that'll win you most games. It's just, again, number one team, number one player in the country. Uh, but like like you said, to their credit, they had rebounded prior to that uh, when they yeah. beat Michigan in, in the Thon game at the Bryce Jordan Center. Uh, that was a that was an important matchup because it was uh, sort of the uh, you know the, it was the second game of the the home and home this year, one of their many home and homes in the Big Ten. And when you lose the road one, like it becomes imperative that you win the home one. And that one was never close. Like they yeah. double teamed Hunter Dickinson, and he was he was in a bad way out there, right? Like he was mm-hmm. turning the ball over left and right. Easily his worst game of the season, like not even close statistically and to the eye test. Like he just he looked out of sorts the entire game. And, and like credit to Penn State, like that is to me to to go a little bit bigger picture here. That is the brilliance of of Micah Shrewsbury and the coaching staff, right? Is yeah. When you face them a second time, it's not going to look like it did. It w- this was what a month ago, if that three mm-hmm. weeks ago that they faced them the first time, and it already they already drastically changed how they approached it. So that sort of uh, insistence on evolution, right, rather than uh, you know just being stagnant, be like, well, we had this game plan the first time, we just need to execute better. Like that stubbornness can hurt teams at times. Being willing to change your game plan, being willing to adjust when things aren't working, whether it's in game or game to game, is so big and like. That's a drastic change, by the way, to go from like Keba Jai is trying to guard 
uh, Hunter Dickinson in the first matchup and it's not going well. And Evan Mahaffey is out there and you're playing super small to putting two shooters out there and making him defend you and then just doubling every time he touches. That's a pretty drastic change. And I think Penn State fans should be really encouraged that one, we knew Mike Shrewsbury can make adjustments. We've seen it in game. But to see him make that drastic of an adjustment to put two guys in the starting lineup who were like limited on minutes, not just like mm-hmm. not starting much. They weren't playing much. They weren't coming off the bench much. Uh, to see him make that adjustment, I think that is a, a really positive, like overarching sign moving forward. Yeah, credit to coach on that, because that's something huge that to make drastic changes in starting lineups, because you think about kids, egos and, and confidence taking guys out of this because, you know, you put those two in, you're taking guys out. And their confidence could, you know, go down, you know. And, and, but credit to coach being okay to understand that, hey, we got to do this for this game and this game plan, and we need this to help us win. And 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 it turned out to work in, in in their favor. But also credit to those guys as well for not being playing as much, being and and put in the starting lineup and no and they and being effective the entire game. Both of them, they were effective the entire game, you know, as far as doubling, making shots. You look at it, you'd be like, well, you, you kind of say, hey, whatever you guys did before that game, whatever you slept, what, what time you went to sleep or whatever you ate, you need to continue to do that again. Because the way you guys played that game it was what was honestly it was it was the best game of the season, in my opinion, as far as how they can how they competed, how they played from from everybody in the, that came in the game. Yeah, I, I thought so, too. Like you, uh, you don't see many games where a. A player as good as Hunter Dickinson looks as bad as he did, right? And, like, they blew out that Michigan team with Jet Howard being, like, lights out from deep and Mm -hmm. lighting them up for a little bit. And they still couldn't – like, Michigan still couldn't keep it close, which is just a testament to how good Penn State was that day and how much they were sort of on their game. Uh, And and those changes are going to be important because – they, they're done playing those two bigs until the Big Ten tournament or potentially the NCAA tournament, right? So right. now they're back right. to playing the kind of guys that they want to play. And so mm-hmm. now we get to see the adjustment. And, and this is a good time as ever to go to the scouting report on these next couple of games because they matter too. They're both rematches uh, from earlier in this year. One was a win against Nebraska. One was a loss against Wisconsin on the road. But they are flipped right now, right? You've got, yeah. you've got Nebraska playing – or playing Nebraska on the road and playing Wisconsin at home. And – I'm curious as your thoughts on this. This to me feels like a stretch where they should go 2-0, right? Like I know you just had a tough loss to Purdue. I know that Wisconsin is a tough team even to face at home, and I know it's hard to win on the road in the Big Ten. But to me, this feels like the stretch where like this is the chance to, to make up for that, that, uh, that home loss and, and get back to 500 in Big Ten play. Of course. You know, I mean, we spoke, we've spoken about it before. About Penn State has to – we have to start getting some type of streak going. You know, we've been – 50-50, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, maybe lose two in a row, win two in a row. And right now is the time to really start putting on a streak and get ready to, you know, the meet of February and March. And the guys have to come out prepared and ready to go because right now, like you said, these two games are winnable games. I think they, like you said, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, how they should have beat Wisconsin. We felt that they were, you know, capable of beating Wisconsin on the road and they were right there, you know, questionable calls here and there. But they have to be able to take care of business at home now because, you know, I mean, you dropped that game on a roll, which was a, a, you know, a winnable game. And and now you have to take care of business here. And, you know, now you're traveling on the road and we all know that at, in Nebraska, we all know winning in the Big Ten on the road is a tough. But this is a game. It's a must win. I, I, I call it a must win because right now it, it shows you you have to bounce back from Purdue. You know, you are the better team. You need to go out there and show that you are the better team and start this streak because now hey, you've got the two big guys out of the way. Right now you're playing against a lot of players and teams that are what you're used to playing and what what you have already on your team. 
So now they, they'll be even messier. You guys have to go out there and be able to take care of business because now is the time to really take the game to another notch. And I think that's what coach is saying. And I think that's what the players believe because now it's February and now we're getting this much closer to March and this close to putting out the best resume that they need to be able to make it to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and, and you know, I don't think we need to go too deep on Nebraska and Wisconsin here because we've seen them, right? Like we've yeah, seen them yeah. play, and Penn State has seen them play, and 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 you know, fans already know what that looks like. But I think broadly, you're right, right? Like this, this is the the chance to prove that, like, not only can you bounce back from Purdue, but you can do it on the road, and yeah. you can do it against the team that you're supposed to beat, right? There are only two teams in the in uh, the Big Ten not inside Ken Palm's top 100. Nebraska at 101, Minnesota at 198. Penn State gets both of them on the road. They got to win at least one of them. And to me, I think you got to win both to give yourself a little bit of breathing room for home games because you're going to play Rutgers at home. You're going to play Maryland at home. You're going to play Illinois at home. Like those aren't easy games. If you can go two and one in those, steal both road games, you're right back at 500. And, and listen, we we talk about the NCAA tournament all the time. Right now, they're projected to be 19 and 12 and 10 and 10 in the big, in the big 10 this year. Like that's what they need, right? Like, and they need to win one of the Big Ten tournament. You're at 20 wins, and you're essentially locked into the NCAA tournament. I would, yeah. I would think at that point, right? Given, I think most programs have that resume would be locked in. I know, I like to think that brand recognition won't matter, but listen, we know how this goes sometimes, yeah. right? Like, like sometimes the schools who aren't heralded have to do a little more. Yeah. Uh, and Penn State is definitely not a school that is heralded when it comes to men's basketball. No matter how awesome Tim Frazier was in the early <laughs> 2010s, uh, you know, uh, like like sometimes it it just doesn't carry that decade long uh, resonance that you want it to. I know, but I will say I will ask you this. I, and, you know, I think this is one of the first times I've seen in a long time in the Big Ten that you don't have three or four teams ranked in the top twenty five. And you know, I, and, you know, I know I'm jumping myself, jumping ahead of myself, but you know, in March, I think that. That does play a part, you know what I mean? Because we were so used to seeing the Big Ten have at least three or four teams in a big in a top twenty-five. So when you do win those games on a roll, you're knocking off a top twenty-five team. And for I don't know, for the last two weeks, there's only been one, you know, and it's been Purdue for the, I think. Oh, actually, somebody else was uh, top twenty-five, but I think now it's only Indiana hopped into and, the top twenty-five, yeah, yeah. and and then they lost to Maryland. Right, right, right. So and, and, I, and I hope I hope this doesn't hurt later on, like. What we had, what Penn State is trying to do, you know what I mean? Because I believe that it's needed and it has to be done. So hopefully that they're able to take care of business and win these games. And, you know, the other teams as well, we start creeping, some of these guys start creeping in the top 25 to make it that much easier for when, you know, the committee starts to look at it and say, hey, Penn State was able to knock off you know, some of these guys that are top 25. Yeah. And, and like you said, you know, right now it's just Purdue and Indiana. Uh, Illinois is kind of on the brink there of, of getting ranked. R- Rutgers is getting votes. But to me, I listen, I don't have an AP pool vote. Uh, you know, I, I have <laughs> votes in various things. That is not one of them. Uh, I do not know how Rutgers is not a top at least 15 to 20 team in the country, let alone like how they're not ranked at all. Like, yeah. I don't know how they are not a top 10 to 15 team in the country. They are they they beat Purdue. Right. You know how many other teams have done that this year? None. And they did it on the road. Like that is it's one of the it's the best win in the country. They have a ton of good wins. They have an elite defense, like legitimately elite. I'm not talking like, oh, like they're really good. They they hold big 10 teams. They could hold any team in the country below 60. Like they are phenomenal. Uh, And they they deserve, you know, uh, a bunch of credit and, and deserve to be ranked, quite frankly. I think it's. 
it's a bit wild that that they aren't ranked. But Illinois is on the fringes there too. They should be in that discussion. Like I think you're right. I think they need that recognition because you know we can look at the advanced metrics and everything like Ken Palm and see that like okay they have four teams in that top twenty five, but do we trust that everyone is looking at those rankings right, right and not just right. looking at the AP pool? And if people are trusting the AP pool, then like. You know, to me, you got those those four teams got to be in it at some point. I think Rutgers, like I said, already deserves to be in it. I would have Illinois in. I don't think I would have had Indiana in. I definitely wouldn't have them in after they got uh, beaten pretty badly by Maryland there. Uh, but like, they need those those numbers next to teams when they beat them. Yes, uh, yes I think yes. that helps whether people like it or not. I think that helps with a narrative, and narrative can be really powerful in sports. It's uh, why a lot of people love it, right? Like why a lot of people love sports in general. Uh, it's, is narrative and like the, the, the trajectory teams are on. Um, and, and so I think they need some of those numbers next to teams. I think they're going to have a chance when Rutgers comes to happy Valley. I think that should be a ranked matchup. I think it should be for Illinois too, by that point. Like, I think there's enough time between now and then about two weeks before Illinois, uh, goes to Penn state, you know, about three, four weeks until Rutgers gets there. So there should be, there are going to be chances to get those. Right, right, right. Uh, and I think those, those will be big in the long run, but you're right. Like this is a year where like, there is not a ton of a difference between the second best team of the big 10 and the 12th best team of the big 10. And you know how I know that? Cause I don't know who's second and I don't know who's 12th. And if you made Jeez. an argument for Penn state is two and Penn state for 12, you probably have just as much of an argument either way, right? <laughs> like you, you, any of those teams could be anywhere in those standings. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to know. I'm pretty confident right now that Rutgers is the number two team in the conference. That being said, now that I've said that, I'm sure they'll go lose like three in a row just to make me look like an idiot. That's how these things uh, tend to seem to go. Uh, but yeah, like this is, this is a year where there's, there's so much parody that it might end up hurting the conference in the end. Like usually the strength in the conference is, is helpful. Uh, but like, I, I think like the, the, it's, it's almost too good this year, right? It's, it's, I know it's going to sound weird, uh, but like the big 10 is almost too good where they're beating up on themselves on each other too much. Uh, you know, and it's, it, you're, you're kind of in a rough place because of it, you know? And uh, right now in, in the standings, Illinois and Rutgers tied in conference record. Illinois, I believe, has the tiebreaker there. But, yeah. like, are you going to be surprised if one of those teams is, like, 11 in a week and a half? Like, I won't be because I think there's, like, two games that separate it. So <laughs> it's it's messy and it's, like, it's a weird year. And, listen, Penn State's right in the thick of it. Can you ask for much more at this point, really? No. I, no, I think – you want to be right in the mix, and that's where Penn State is. Man, they, they they jump up two spots, then they lose. They jump, you know, they go back down two spots. But they're right in the mix. Obviously, you would want to be higher. I'm sure they maybe, you know, you want to be in a around a three, four, five, six range. But I, you know, all that can change. You know, I we just I, you just spoke on it. Hey, they win these next two games, and now we're sitting at a, a record of of seven and six in the conference. You know, so and, and that'll put you up higher enough and higher in, in in the rankings of the top ten at least. Or top top eight, and I, I said it last week, and I, and I say it again. And, and the the best thing for Penn State is to be the best team they can be at the end, you know. And so they're gonna have bumps in the road, like you said. Purdue on the road is a bump in the road. It was hard for for them to be able to go out there and get that win. You know, they fought hard, but you know they have winnable games now, and they have to take care of business to be able to do that. And in, in order to do that, you have to start putting some wins together, putting some streaks together to be able to be the best team you could be going into the Big Ten Conference. Uh, tournament, be able to make some noise there, and then um, hopefully, unfortunately, they'll be able to get into the NCAA tournament and do the same. Yeah, and, and you know they're here right now because of Jalen Pickett and because of yeah. their shooting, and they need that to carry on the road. And I think that's the 
the the main takeaway that that maybe last night didn't go so well against Purdue. But if they're going to shoot better on the road, they're going to have better chances. Uh, if Pickett's going to, you know, he didn't have a, his greatest game last night. He played well, but like this is a guy that is, you know, a, has a chance to be the national player of the year in college basketball, right? He's in the yeah. top twenty, I think, finals for the Wooden Award. Uh, he is, he's awesome, and he's going to take him as far as he's uh, as far as they're going to go, and and so will the shooting. So, I think when when you look at it, when you can sort of take the the thousand foot view. Uh, and, and how they're going to get there, it's got to be on his back. It's got to be on the back of the shooting. It's got to be around those post-ups. And, and listen, I, I know Edie and Dickinson can make some people look at the team and be like, they're not big enough. They're not going to do it. I have good news. There are not many teams that have seven foot four or seven foot one mm. centers in college basketball. Most teams are closer to 6'10 and 6'11. Yeah, you do yeah, not have right. to worry about this most of the rest of the season. Now, you run into those guys in the Big Ten tournament, might be an issue again. Uh, but I think for the time being, like they've kind of cleared off the the most difficult matchups on the schedule, and now they can go the rest of the way and be themselves. Not to say they weren't being themselves against those two teams, but they're the matchups where they probably have to stray most from who they want to be, right? And right. and that's defensively, to be clear. Offensively, they're just going to do what they always do, pull those guys out to the perimeter and start gunning from deep and make as many as they can. Um, but I think the rest of the way now, they're in position to to be who they are, to put Jalen Pickett in the post with four shooters around him and fire away. Yeah. And, and that's the game plan. And that's always been a game plan. I think since, you know, game one, you, know, you talk about the non-conference, it's to let Pickett be himself and, and put him around all these shooters and, and, and do what they do. You know, obviously we, like we talk about it. We saw in the Michigan game, how beautiful they play, you know, guys are making threes left and right. It, you know, obviously it's such a great game because we talk about Thon and what Thon means and for them to be able to show up to how they did and play the way they did. You know, obviously a big, big congrats to them for that. And the shooters are going to be the shooters, but I, I know we talk about picking it. it yeah, he's going to have to carry a lot on his back, but I, I always, and I've been saying this, I think it, it's on Funk, it's on Dread, it's on those guys to be able to help him because, like you said, even last night, Pickett didn't play well, but he, he still played decent. He had good numbers. But we need those other guys to be able to show up and play play well. They have to make shots for him. And if we want to see how far this Penn State team can go, those guys have to step up and be consistent because we kind of already know what we're getting from Pickett. He's going to be great. Like you said, he's a wooden award finalist. He has to. He's going to do what he needs to do. Those other guys, that's what we're, we're, we're trying to see. What are we going to get out of those guys on a night, night in, night basis to where that's going to help this team go to the, the next level? Yeah, and, and – you're right. It's got to be, I think, the veterans at this point. And maybe this is something we can get into next week is I make yeah. you, uh, the listener, come back for more next week when we'll talk about the freshmen and stuff. But for now, I think the veterans are where they need to get some of that from, right? Yeah. Because the freshmen kind of aren't there. And like I said, we'll, we can dive into that later about why that's the case. But for the time being, it's got to be Dread. It's got to be Funk. It's got to be Lundy. It's got to be all of those guys. They got to be fully maximized because I think right now you're looking at seven guys you can play and trust. And that's not a great place to be, right? Now, Pickett will play 40 minutes a night. He's done it before. It's kind of crazy. Uh, I feel bad for him walking off the court because, like, he's just kind of mm -hmm. trudging along, right? Like like the kind of walk that I that I have after playing 18 holes of golf as if I've just <laughs> run a marathon. He's actually running that much, right, and, yeah. and in that kind of pain. Uh, and you can see it, right, that it's exhausting. And, you know, he's playing a ton. And, and those guys are going to have to play some heavy minutes because, you know, it's February 2nd. Uh, yeah. it is getting to the time where you have to decide who's in the rotation and who's out. And I know Micah Shrewsbury said that he wanted guys to step up and take roles, but if they're not there yet, they're not there. 
And at yes. some point you have to decide to not cut your losses, but be ready for like, this is what we've got the rest of the year. And this is what we're rolling with. Development matters, but not as much as winning the next game, I think, for this team. And, and I think so that's got to be the case uh, moving forward that they prioritize those wins, right? And there was a time in the year for sort of mixing and matching both and trying to balance it. I think now it's got to lean heavily toward doing whatever you can to win games. Even like even the slightest margin, uh, like let's say a senior is better than a freshman by the slightest margin, where maybe earlier in the year you play that freshman and you get him and try and get him to surpass the senior. Uh, I think you're you're probably past that point and where you need to play these uh, these older guys and whoever's playing their best. Um, and to their credit, they have changed the rotation. To Shrewsbury's credit and the coaching staff's credit, they've changed the rotation as they've needed to uh, and put guys in. But but right now, you said it. Uh, I think they got to lean on the vets. Yeah, and it's winning time. And right now, winning time is you can't afford losses, especially games that you're supposed to win. So the only thing you can do is play the guys that are going to put you in the best position to win. And like I said, if that's four or five guys playing 40 minutes, then obviously you don't want that. And that's not your ideal situation. But at the end of the day, when you look at it, when the game's over, all you want to see is a W in the column. So that's the only thing that you can work for and, and go for. And right now you have to use those guys and, and ride on those on, on those veterans that have, that have been been there and played uh, a long time. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, that is that's a good pivot point to the word on campus here. Those guys are gone next year, right? Those guys that you're yeah. going to lean on. And we're talking about how much they have to lean on. And one of those guys is also Jalen Pickett. He's not coming back next year. And so then you have to start looking to how this roster is constructed moving forward, uh, how you how you go about getting the next wave, the next, you know, elite player, next, you know, top 20 player in the country, potentially, you know, how you get that guy on the roster. And I think a lot of that at this point, and I think it's pretty clear, is going to have to be through the transfer portal, which brings us to the the sort of crux of a lot of issues for Penn State right now, and that's name, image, and likeness, right? Exactly. And that's where this program is at with their their sort of funding and the collectives that back them. Uh, Micah Shrewsbury went on a, a podcast with uh, Nate Bauer of On3 and said that they're 14th out of 14 in NIL. Uh, mm-hmm. I've talked to people within the program who have said they're 14th out of 14 when it comes to NIL. And I, I understand uh, that some fans like want to do it a certain way and want things to go their way a certain way and like to recruit guys who want to be there. Guys can make money and they should want to make that money, right? And I think until Penn State catches up from that standpoint, Shrewsbury is going to be operating at a deficit through no fault of his own, uh, assuming he's he's trying to get out there and fundraise for things like successful, right? Like that, that they're doing what they can uh, within the rules to to help them out, like. Until until they reach that level of backing from, you know, uh, donors and fans and, and support in general, I think they're going to be playing at a deficit. And it's one of those things that you look at and you wonder if they if they can get Carrie Booth, Calvin Booth's son, uh, four high four star top one hundred kid, yeah. if they can get you know in the past guys like Keba Jai and uh, convince Jalen Pickett to transfer there without much nil support. What they can do with real NIL support is do some serious damage. Rutgers got a five-star recruit in the 2024 class. Let me say that one more time. Rutgers got a five-star recruit in the 2024 class. The world of NIL can change things for a program drastically. And I think that has got to be – I know we're focused on the season right now, but the the roster construction next year matters, and you kind of have to start planning that now because in a month and a half – Penn State season is going to be over, even if they make the tournament, right? Like they're probably yeah. not making it that far into it. Maybe, maybe a Sweet Sixteen appearance is the, kind of the upside there. Um, you got to start planning now, 
And I think you got to look into what that looks like and how you get there. And right now, like the avenues for Penn State to get there aren't as broad as they are for other teams because they just kind of don't have that backing from the outside. Oh, I'm telling you, shit changed, man. You know what I mean? NIL, that wasn't – what is that back when I was playing? <laughs> you know, I'm like, can I get some of that action too? Can I yeah, make a little yeah. money back when I was playing? I, I, I had mixed emotions about it, John, honestly, about the NIL. But, you know, it is what it is. And sometimes you got to you gotta play with the cards that you're dealt. And right now the NIL is something that's, that's hot and it's a hot commodity. And throughout the whole country and every sport, you know what I mean, NIL has been used and, and basically in recruiting players. And in and, and order for Penn – like one of our biggest things for being in Penn State basketball is recruiting. We've always had the issues of getting guys and getting guys to come there, you know, because we were fighting against other teams that are, you know, might have, you know, the bigger name or just the bigger cities or whatever, just close by. We've always, you know, I mean, had to fight to be able to get guys there. And obviously basketball comes first to winning. It's going to take care of that. And, you know, Penn State has been doing well and they got to continue to do well. And like you said, you get another NCAA tournament notch or run in your belt. Obviously that helps tremendously. And um, the NIL is something that needs to, that needs to be icing on the cake. Like you said, you know, the guys have been able to, I think Shrewsbury's done a great job of getting guys that are already committed to next year. Go if you you add NIL to that, that's just icing on top of the cake. That's a cherry on top of the Sunday. You know, we I mean, you know, you're able to be able to work with more avenues of getting guys where you know where Penn State might not have the money to be able to, or in the NIL to be able to go out there and use that compared to you know you speak about other teams in the Big Ten where they can actually bring that to the table. Hey, we made to the tournament also. Where this team and we had this too to be able to give to you know what I mean, put a little icing on it, and um, that's and that's just a, that's a tough thing to follow. And I understand that some fans are just like, well, we want them to come because they want to come, and you know, and they want to be part of something special. And I understand that, but at the end of the day, you know what I mean, getting an ideal is special. It's something special that you know for right now that's going on in, in the world and in, the, in the, of college sports. You know, having an idea is something special that they are able to make money, be able to provide for families. And why not? Why not? You know, so I think that we'll always be a step behind until, you know, we start to become, you know, start inching up the ladder of starting to be able to get guys and, and, and use some of that. You know, I'm not talking about we need to give guys millions of dollars because like, I and that's where, you know, I mean, I tell you, I'm, I'm indifferent. I'm not sure how I feel about it because I just think that. You know, you're giving an 18 year old kid that much that amount of money is not good for them or, you know, their 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 health. And, and especially in the long run, because, you know, that that fire and desire to be able to go out there and compete, to be able to want to make that money at the, at the highest level, it still has to be there. And you start giving kids that in, in, in college, you kind of lose that fire and desire. But Penn State has to be able to get that in some 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 way to be able to help. And the recruiting piece, especially if they want this team to be able to sustain being good for long periods of time. Yeah, and and I think you know you bring up a good point with like how getting that like sort of getting a lump sum can impact a kid, right? Yes. The way I always view it is it's giving the money to a family, right? That yes. potentially could need it, right? Because you never know. People have hundreds of thousands of different backgrounds, whatever. Like families need that help sometimes, right? And, right. and I think. You know, that's, you know, the kids with, with guidance and like with good support systems, like it will it will work out well. Some kids, it, it might not, but they deserve the opportunity to have it not work out well, right? Like right, to, right. To, to make some of that piece of the pie. Because we know that this brings in, this is a billion dollar enterprise. 
And we know that's true because they wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't, right? Like yeah. all of this, all of college sports. Uh, they would they would not be continue with, continuing with the NCAA tournament for the love of the game. I can assure you that. Uh, it is it is entirely a money-based uh, industry at this point. And like guys deserve a cut of that because at the end of the day, you guys are the ones earning that money, right? Like no right. one's going to watch me play five on five, <laughs> I promise, right? Like this is this is about you guys and the level of play that you've reached. And so I think getting a cut of that is a good thing. Um, I, I do think that Penn State, until they get that level, is not going to take the next step. Like mm-hmm. they could be a consistent bubble team, I think, with their current level, but they're never going to be more unless they continue, uh, you know, improving in NIL or start improving in NIL, I guess. Um, and I think that is that's a problem, right? Because yeah. I can I can tell you right now, without a shadow of a doubt, that they have lost recruits in this past cycle because of NIL, right? Like there are recruits that they would have had had they been able to put together some kind of NIL package that was either comparable or near what other programs were able to. Yeah. Uh, and these are good players. These are players that would help this program. Um, and until they can do that, they're going to struggle to reach that level. They're going to struggle to reach those heights that other programs do. Uh, and that's true in the portal too, by the way. Uh, like, yeah. I, I'm curious, if Jalen Pickett were uh, a transfer right now, I wonder if he would come to Penn State. I know he wanted to be close to his family. I know that was important to him. And maybe that would have outweighed everything else. But man, some teams would have come calling. Because that was the beginning of NIL, right? That's when things yeah. were, people were still figuring things out. We didn't really know how it was going. Now we kind of know. Uh, and some teams would have called. Uh, and there probably would have been some money, enough money involved to have his family at every game anyways, right? No yeah. matter where he right. was, uh, would be my guess. Because he is that good of a player. Uh, that he could have gotten pretty much as much as he would have wanted in the portal. Uh, so I think you know fans may point to that and be like, well, they can get picket. Why can't they do that with other guys? I think it was a little earlier in in the process, yeah. and that's why things were different then. Uh, and that's not to say guys they've gotten haven't been effective, right? Like Andrew Funk has been awesome this year. Cameron Winter's yeah. been helpful at times like this. They they've been able to get guys, but you want to get the best guys. You better have a real package to offer. Uh, and I think until they get there, they're going to struggle to find that consistency as a program because right now. They can sell that they have a head coach that helped develop Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and a bunch of other dudes. Impacted Evan Turner and Tim Frazier tremendously in his career, right? Like, like had those levels of impact uh, across the basketball landscape. But, like, that only gets you so far because, like, kids want what other kids are getting. They're going to look at, like, other four-star kid who's also in the top 100 going to school, why? And be like, well, why can't I get that if I go here? Why wouldn't I just go there or go somewhere else where I can get that? And, right. you know, maybe figure out the rest later. Uh, now, that being said, we've seen some portal and uh, NIL stuff uh, converge with guys being offered maybe some sums, some lump sums or some financial uh, help and not getting it. And then uh, an entire recruiting classes nearly in other sports enter like enter the transfer portal. I don't want to name specific schools, but it has <laughs> happened, right? Where those things kind of fall apart and and you uh, you leave yourself uh, a little vulnerable. But I think you know Penn State needs needs NIL help, but they need it to be sturdy too. And I think yeah. that matters. Uh, and I think it's going to be interesting to watch, right? Because there's only so much uh, like people like Michael Shrewsbury can go on podcasts and say that he wants the help, but there's only so much he can do, right? Until people actually help. So I yeah. think as we get closer to the off season. This is going to be like the focus for me. Like, what is turning the page look like? Because again, as much as fans should and uh, will enjoy, I think the rest of this season, you kind of always have that eye forward, right? I always joke about when when the Eagles won in two thousand, won the Super Bowl in two thousand eighteen, is the twenty seventeen season. I said this is going to be great, but like 
go win it next year. I, I was realistic. I actually said, give them five years. And here we are five years later. I'm just saying. You know, sure so, you did. Sure you uh, said it is, five it, years. Sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gave them like six minutes, six minutes, maybe seven minutes before I wanted another one. Uh, but no, I, I think, you know, that's going to be crucial. Right. And I think fans kind of they're probably more involved now in program building than ever before. And like, this is a chance to be a part of that and they can choose to, they can choose not to, but I think either way it will dictate uh, kind of where things go from here. And I think it's going to be really interesting to watch. And I know something you and I will be keeping an eye on moving forward, but I think that's a good place to leave it this week. Uh, We covered a lot of ground. This team is going to be a lot of fun to watch here down the home stretch. Uh, You can continue interacting with us on Twitter at, at John Sauber and at Tim Phrase 23 again I will say it one more time tweet at Tim constantly please but actually yes. ask him questions ask me questions ask both of us on questions on Twitter at John Sauber at Tim Phrase 23 that you have and we'll cover them in the podcast um, feel free to reach out to us that way you can find the podcast wherever you're listening right now or you can find it on Apple Podcasts Spotify you can find it on YouTube at Beyond Big Ten you can find it on Twitter Instagram TikTok it beyond the big 10 10 spelled out ones or written out one zero number four uh thank you for tuning in and have a great day beyond the big 10 is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things big 10 we cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.